I am Nicolas Bournois of Capital Inc. and I'm delighted to welcome you to today's one-on-one uh, -on -one discussion. During the three-day period of our forum, uh, each day we're hosting a one-on-one -on -one discussion uh, with an in-depth focus on a leading uh, company. And uh, today we are privileged to have with us Mr. Bing Chen, the Chief Executive Officer of Atlas Corporation, and uh, he's going to be discussing with uh, James Lorenza, Managing Director of DNB Markets, uh, as a reminder, we are hosting today's conference in partnership with DNB. The discussion is going to focus on the maritime sector, on Seaspan Corporation primarily, and its leading initiatives across all areas and the environmental footprint, fleet renewal, commercial initiatives, uh, and so on. Uh, and without any further delay, I would like to thank you both for being with us. And uh, I turn over the floor to uh, Jim and Bink. And thank you again. Thank you very much. And I'll give a little bit more in-depth uh, introduction to Bing Chen, who I'm delighted to share the screen with today. Uh, became CEO of C-SPAN in 2018 and 2020. Became chairman of C-SPAN and CEO of Atlas. During his impressive career, he was formerly the general manager of Trafigura in China and formerly the CEO of BNP in China. Uh, impressive academic career, including an MBA at Columbia University, and sits on top of one of the most interesting companies in 2021. What an incredible year. So let's, let's start by talking about the New Build program. And uh, if I got my count wrong, please correct me, but I believe something like 60 New Builds announced uh, this year. Uh, my first question being is, how do you think about counterparty risk in the bidding process? Thank you, Jim, for the intro. Um, uh, just to, uh, to, to confirm that the number of new build is not 60, it's actually 70, 70. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to answer your question with regard to the counterparty risk, uh, in, a, in, a, in our business. I mean, we're looking at the counterparty net, uh, risk constantly, whether it's a new build or it's a second hand. Anything that involves the counterparty, we do the, you know, the standard counterparty credit risk profile analysis, uh, like any other companies. But most importantly, that we're really focusing on, you know, understanding the risk, which means that we assess the risk of counterparty and also focusing on developing the mitigations uh, uh, of those risks. Um, you know, for us specifically, that uh, we first is that to focus on, uh, you know, dealing with the uh, industry leaders in this space. Um, you know, as you know that we work with uh, nine of the top 10 uh, liners uh, so that uh, we work with the best and the largest in the industry. Uh, the other part is, is that we actually focusing on uh, customer diversification and uh, to avoid the concentration of the customer. As if you're looking at the portfolio of our, of our customers today, we are actually pretty well diversified. Uh, compared to the four years ago, uh, if you're looking at the four years before to four, four years later today, um, you know, from a customer concentration perspective, the top one customer four years ago accounts to about 40% of our entire portfolio. And today 
the top one accounts to just slightly above 20%. And if you're looking at the top three customers, four years ago, it was about 75% of the portfolio. And today it's about 50%. So we actually achieved quite a significant of, uh, you know, diversification on a customer. And the other aspects of that is that we always ensure that whoever the customer we're dealing with, where we supply the assets, the vessels that we have the best in-class vessels, where those vessels are most versatile and also they are best designed um, so therefore, uh, you know, if and when on a, on a hypothetical scenario, there's a credit event, uh, these assets could be very easily uh, deployed uh, to the other customer. So that's how we actually uh, not only understand the risk, but also very actively managing these risks. And as a result, I think overall up to today, I think we've been very successful in managing that risk. Thank you. In the bidding process, and obviously you've been in several bidding processes this year, uh, what kinds of returns do you look for and what kind of contract coverage in terms of duration do you look for? Yeah, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, return, uh, not only for the, the bidding of the new build, but also for any kind of a second hand, uh, what we call in general, in terms of a capital allocation, we've been extremely disciplined uh, based on the risk adjusted return. Um, you know, as we publicly uh, uh, disclosed that for C-SPAN, that our uh, return is for on an unlevered basis, uh, is a very high single digits, very high single digits uh, return on an unlevered basis. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a mid to high team for the levered uh, return depends on the, uh, you know, the level of leverage. Uh, typically, our leverage is around, you know, between 60 to 90 percent. Um, so that's, that's the return. On the, uh, you know, coverage of the contract, uh, this is another aspect that I think it's, it's very important is, is that uh, overall, the, the coverage is what we call back-to-back, -back, uh, meaning that we don't, do, we don't expose ourselves in a way that we take any kind of speculation. What do you mean by back-to-back -back? Is, is that really when we have any new build, uh, you know, when we sign the new build contract at the same time, we also have a, uh, you, you know, contract with our customer. So therefore, that's what we call back to back. On a specific basis, um, you know, for the, uh, in terms of coverage on a, on a, you know, whether it's a time charter or whether it's a bearable charter, uh, all our, uh, you know, charter agreements are what I call hell and high water. Hell, I high, high water by definition is that uh, these are firm obligations of a commitment of our customers with no, you know, no, 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 no ways of getting out. So this is what, uh, you know, the coverage of the contract, uh, including the new build. Um, I think you probably want to ask, uh, you know, the, 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 how is the, our new build contract is structured. Our new build contract is very similar to the, you know, hell or high water. Uh, meaning that we have no uh, exposure uh, uh, to, to this new build in the sense that the price are fixed, delivery dates are fixed, the specs are fixed. So we're not subject to the commodity, to the labor, to the currency fluctuations. 
Um, and then these uh, new build contracts are also you know, covered by the standard insurance and also the liquidation damage clauses that is in. So overall, our you know, contract coverage are very well tight uh, on a back-to-back -back basis and also on a hell or high water basis. Excellent. Um, give us a little more input as to how you think about your capital structure. You obviously told us just a little bit about leverage in the last minute. How do you think about your cost of capital? How do you think about raising capital? How important is investment grade status in achieving that for a company like yourself? Yeah, um, I, you know, we're actually very proud of our capital structure, which is very well positioned uh, to facilitate um, our business growth in the case of uh, this case is the new bill or secondhand uh, acquisition. Um, our general approach to capital structures that we strive to have a balanced and diversified uh, you know, capital structure. Um, you know, we actually have been very well uh, planned and focused on achieving a optimal capital structure as our business evolves. Uh, you know, if you you're looking back in, you know, back in 2019, we actually had $1 billion of a portfolio financing uh, and which this, this facility allows us to have the full flexibility of being able to add in and taking out the assets at our own discretion. Uh, that gives us a lot of flexibility in a way that uh, to replace those uh, traditional uh, financing, which is the one vessel to a bank or to financing. In this case, it's actually a facility to finance a group of the vessels. And this facility actually evolves to today from you know, $1 billion in 2019 to $2.5 billion today with different tranches and maturity and also different investors behind and also has the features of, of uh, sustainability linked uh, you, you know, loan. So this is a one, you know, one aspect of uh, you know, capital structure development. Uh, we actually accelerated our capital structure uh, you know, started in December last year. As you probably noticed that we actually issued the convertible debt in December 2020, followed by uh, two uh, not bonds, which are uh, issued in January and March in the amount of 200 and $300 million, which is a sustainability linked. These are unsecured uh, bonds. And then most recently, we also uh, you know, issued a U.S. high yield blue bond, uh, which is a tremendous success uh, with a 5.5% of interest rate and 50% uh, you know, upsizing due to uh, overwhelming uh, you know, oversubscription. So with that, um, you, know, we, you see that we actually have a series of you know, these uh, capital markets activities. And that is also accompanied by achieving the rating agency's rating. Um, you know, for example, uh, we had uh, Fitch a double B a rating on both the corporate and the secure debt. Uh, we also have Crow's uh, rating uh, with a double B plus on corporate and uh, triple B on a secured uh, basis. Um, you know, so, so these are the, you know, just a, a few examples of the diversified, uh, you know, broader, um, you know, access to the capital uh, structure, whether it's, uh, you know, in a space of uh, debt, whether it's uh, secured and unsecured. Uh, 
And with the increase of unsecured, which brings to the next point, this is the investment grade. Uh, as we uh, publicly announced that investment grade uh, is our goal. Uh, but at the same time, as you all know, that investment grade is a journey. Um, you know, we took a very balanced approach between the quality growth and deleveraging. Because, uh, you know, uh, today, on one hand, uh, we have about $18 billion of contracted cash flow. Um, and that's a significant amount, which gives you the comfort and the basis for deleveraging. On the other hand, you see that we have a tremendous demand, the trust from our customers. And that's why we have these opportunities to have these new build. Uh, so we, we try to balance uh, between growing the business with the quality growth and generating uh, those uh, quality cash flows. And with those ca quality cash flows, we'll be able to, you know, de deliver our debt as part of the, uh, you know, I would say part of those uh, matrix for the for, for us to ultimately achieve uh, the investment grade. Uh, with regard to the benefit that you're talking about, I mean, the benefits is, is quite broad. Um, and, and ultimately with investment grade rating, um, there will be a significant or material amount of reduce in, in the funding cost. It will increase dramatically the flexibility of our access to the capital market so that we have different alternatives. Um, and, and you know, as a result, we'll further differentiate ourselves in the marketplace. Um, so that's why I think the benefits is actually quite, uh, quite significant. Let's talk about the vessels for a minute. How is this new build program different? And let's just touch base on the innovation and the vessel sizes. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, with, with these new builds, uh, once again, I would like to highlight all our new builds are driven by our customers, uh, you know, with the consultation of our, you know, advice and expertise. So we really, you know, do not speculate in any vessel size or proportion, uh, you know, the, the fuel systems. Rather, is that we share our proprietary um, you know, views and uh, researches with our respective customers. And ultimately, they will decide, you know, number of vessels, the size of the vessels, uh, the, the, the fuel systems of those vessels. Um, and this is the one point that we should highlight. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, this really highlights our integrated platform. Uh, to be able to build this number of new builds, uh, in the current market uh, demonstration of the, 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 the shipyards who gave us the preferred uh, terms, our financing partners giving us the trust and commitment, um, and also our team uh, that the, the, the platform that C-SPAN has built, um, you know, we actually up to, up to, to today, uh, you know, excluding these new build, we have actually, our team has built over 109 vessels in the past. So we really have a very strong track record of building that, which means that we have a real, you know, system process and people in designing, you know, negotiating the contract with the shipyard, with the financing partner, supervising the construction, 
providing the financing and ultimately actually operating the vessel. This is a very unique today that, you know, as, as C-SPAN today, this is a platform, the inter integrated platform. The company have invested over the past 20 years. This is not something that, you know, the money can buy. It's the, you know, it's the time, it's the investment, it's the people process and the systems that we have developed. Now, specifically, uh, coming back to this, uh, you know, the, 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 the size of the vessel, which I think you're referring to is the 18, uh, is, is the 15,000 uh, uh, TEU and the 7,000 TEU vessels. Uh, in the in in nutshell, that the reason why it's the 15,000 uh, 15, TEU uh, is just because, you know, given the current alliance system, given the development of the infrastructure, and also the trade patterns, the 15,000 TU vessels is the most suited to provide the most economical uh, uh, services to these to the to the to the liner customers. Uh, that is why that you see today, you know, in terms of the total number of the new build, the 15,000 TU is actually quite a you know significant portion of the new build, because the current existing. 15,000, around the 15,000 TU vessels in the existing global fleet, the percentage is very, very low. So that is a, a segment that is very, very underbuilt. If you're looking at the 7,000, um, the current landscape in the sub 10,000 TU uh, category, where if you're looking at from 4,000 to uh, 9,000 TU segment, that accounts for about 40 percent of the global uh, capacity but you know if you're looking at the new build right now it's in a very low single digits roughly about five percent of the new build but on the other hand these are the vessels are best designed with the you know fuel efficiency best designed with the propulsion system so um, i think that these are the you know innovations that we have been working together with our customer in looking at the design, looking at the proportion system, as well as from the size perspective. So these are the best assets that is gonna be you know, in the market and be very competitive for our line of customers to serve their customers. Listen, you've already pointed out a number of your competitive advantages. All those years of experience, all the, all the research, the, the cost of capital, is there anything else to add to the list of competitive advantages that, that you have? Yeah, I, the, that's a very good question. Uh, you know, I think that today we have quite a, quite a few advantages, which is why this growth and where C-SPAN to where it is today, as I said it before in other, uh, other uh, you know, contexts that we did not get to where we are today by accident. Uh, this is really, uh, you know, because we took advantage of our uniquely positioned, uh, you know, market, market, uh, you know, situation, and also that we have our resilient business model, which is very much a, you know, customer-oriented, long-term-oriented business model, which produced the long-term quality, predictable cash flow. Um, and then the other advantage is, is that we actually as a company has the ability to be able to consistently 
generating or creating the quality growth in the different market cycles. Uh, what you've seen right now is a you know, new build of uh, you know, 70 vessels. Um, but if you're looking at from 2019 to 2020, we actually been focusing on the quality growth in the secondhand vessels. Last, uh, for the last year, we actually had acquired um, 19 secondhand vessels. Uh, most of those vessels are all above 10,000 TEU. Uh, these are the, you know, the, the secondhand, but they are large, high, good, high quality vessels. So this is what the ability that C-SPAN as a platform that has the trust of our customer uh, in, you know, coming to us and looking for our help. And, you know, if, if you said that the, our real advantage, the other advantage among them is the uh, operational excellence. Uh, we have the trademark of the, you know, best in class operations. If you're looking at the current, uh, you know, COVID, I think our, you know, 131 vessels in operation still achieving above 98 to 99% of utilization. And with that 1% is, you know, really uh, primarily caused by the dry docking and maintenance. So we have a very, very reliable uh, operations. And also, as we said before, we have a very strong balance sheet and we have the financing capabilities where when we, you know, working on the opportunities, we don't necessarily have to put a subject to financing. Um, and the other part is very important. This is that the, uh, our creative customer partnership uh, we work with a customer by providing a solution. We don't provide in the vessel alone, but we provide in the vessel as part of an overall solution to their environmental, to their capacity, to their financing, uh, to their operation needs. So C-SPAN is able to, you know, providing a solution, which is how we, you know, differentiate ourselves uh, in, in, in the marketplace. And if you're looking at from a, from a you know specific standpoint today, you know how different are we? I, I, you know I think today we can look at from three dimensions. Uh, you know first of all, uh, today we are the largest you know fleet uh, as the in, in the owner auto, owner operator space by the TEU. Uh, just to give you some you know uh, stats, right? Uh, from a from a, a fleet perspective today. Um, our existing operating fleet is about 2.6 times to the average industry fleet size. If it's on a fully delivered basis, assuming the 70 vessels have been delivered, we will be 4.5 times of the industry average. We also have the youngest fleet. Um, on existing fleet basis, we are about 2.5 years younger. On a fully uh, delivered basis, it's about 6.2 times younger. And we also have the longest uh, contracted period. Um, you know, if you're looking at from the existing fleet perspective, we are about 1.5 years longer than the industry average. And if you're looking at the fully delivered basis, uh, we are about 4.5 years longer. That's what I highlighted before, that today we actually have 18 
billion, approximately $18 billion of contracted cash flow. So these, if you're looking at from these, uh, you know, both from the business model and also just from a fleet composition and also from the contract perspective, uh, these are the real, uh, you know, the differentiating uh, aspects of C-SPAN. Ding, I've only got time to ask you one more question. So I'm not gonna let you get away without giving us your market outlook, you know, for the fourth quarter for next year, as far as you'd like to give it, we'd love to hear your view on the uh, container market. Yeah, I think uh, by talking to our customers, um, we, you know, uh, the general uh, consensus is that the market in general are rather, uh, I would say, fundamentals are still solid. Um, you, you know, if you're looking at uh, from a demand side, from a supply side, a uh, demand side still remains to be strong. Um, you know, of course, the current situation is, you know, is 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 it's been uh, uh, primarily driven by the uh, logistics con congestions. But if you're looking at purely from a fun fundamental demand side, first of all, you have the growth, uh, and, and you know, the industry still projected the growth of of the uh, uh, demand year over year in the range between three to five percent per year on a container de demand side. Um, and then, you know, the liner companies is, is, is very well positioned because the industry, you know, it's, it's consolidated in a way that they are very disciplined. And then if you're looking at the, the, the pattern of the consumption, um, I, I believe that uh, with the e-commerce that will add to another dimension of the demand. So the overall demand is, is rather solid uh, going forward. On the supply side, um, yes, right now we do have a spike on the, on the supply side in terms of the new build. But if you're looking at over a period of time of last four years and in the future, the next four years, and if you're looking on an average basis, it's about seven to eight percent per year. And if you're taking into the growth of the demand side, you're taking that the growth on the supply side and also subtract some scrapping which hasn't happened over the years. So this is why we believe that uh, uh, the fundamental demand and supply still holds uh, based on the current uh, order book and also based on the current uh, demand. So overall, I believe that uh, this market uh, with and without the COVID uh, additional you know, uh, impact on, 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 on the demand side, I believe that the fundamental is still uh, balanced, uh, you know, in, in the future. I want to thank you very much for joining us today, all the way from China. And uh, it's been a pleasure to spend this last uh, half hour with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.